This is episode number four with Mel Wakeley McKay and Faye Smith. Welcome to Motherhood and Making Money. My name is Kerry Gillett. I'm an award-winning social entrepreneur, the founder and creator of the Mubo Business Accelerator and Fred's mum. Each week I speak to inspiring parents who are doing amazing things in their business or chosen career in the hopes of empowering more of us to be educated and inspired around our business and finances. If you're watching or listening to this episode today, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. Today I'm joined by two fantastic guests and we're going to be talking about ideal customers. This is something that always comes up in our Launchpad Accelerator. I seem to talk about it every week in the Mubo membership. We are all wondering who our customer is, where they are, and how we can get in front of them. So I've been joined today by two fantastic guests. First up is Faye. Faye is the co-director of Little Dreams Consulting. She's a mum of two who lives in rural South Wales with her pony and her dog and the lovely, wonderful Mel. Mel is the Get Visible and Happy coach. She helps Gen X women with social media marketing and growth mindset strategy. How are you both? We're very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. So today we're going to be talking about this meaty subject, I think the ideal customer and we hear all the time on podcasts and on social posts and in courses that it's so important to know who our ideal customer is so I'm going to start off by asking you if there has ever been a time where you have got your ideal customer wrong and how that has affected your business I'll start with you Mel um I've had many iterations (laughs) That's a good one. It is a work in progress. And I don't think it's getting it wrong so much. It's making assumptions. And I think it's very easy to make assumptions about who you think your ideal client is and what they want to, what the problem is you're solving and making all sorts of assumptions about what their problems are. Um, And until you actually get them in a room or on a Zoom and talk to them, um, you will never really know. Yeah, you would never really know the language that they use as well. Yeah, that's so important, actually. But I think I certainly see with a lot of not just a lot of business owners in general, but maybe I only just work with female entrepreneurs that so many of us are scared of doing that, getting in front of our clients and not knowing where it's going to go. You know, being Mm -hmm. in that real infancy of something and just try just opening up and going, it's just research for me. I want to find out who you are what your problems are you know and so we do have those moments where we build out our websites and we build out our offerings based on those assumptions that you're talking about Mel and that really then informs the direction that we take our businesses what about you Faye? Yeah I mean we have worked so so hard on this as a business so um, obviously what we do is work with parents who are quite emotive at the time we get involved with them they're all absolutely shattered and exhausted and um, often quite kind of at the lowest point in, in crisis a lot of them um, so we are we, we do have, you know we do have to be mindful of that and the sensitivities involved in that um, and I think that in itself has driven us to really sort of dig down deep into who these clients are why they're coming to us what their issues are where they might be um, seeking help from um, and I think for us we have got it wrong on occasion like everybody does and we've learned from that. And I think actually it's made us 
is so much more clear about who our clients are now. So I don't think anything is ever wasted because mm. I feel like from going through those, probably count on one hand, you know, we've worked with close to 700 families now. And I would say probably on one or two hands, we could count the amount of times that we've got it wrong. Yeah. Um, but I think unfortunately for us, we're not getting it wrong by, you know, I don't know, selling selling a handbag to someone that doesn't suit them. We're getting we're getting it wrong with, um, you know, with a really emotive subject for them. So obviously that's something we want to avoid at all costs. But mm. yeah, I think we've worked really hard on how how we can avoid that happening in the future. But it will always happen. There will always be people who, even if they they can kind of hide as your ideal client as well, sort of present with all the things that you're like, oh, okay, yes, this person definitely is my ideal client. And then when you start working them with, with them, you're like, oh. No. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. There's a red flag. Um, there's a red flag and we're too far down the road now to uh, do anything about it. But yeah, it's like like you know, I've got um I think that has you know, I can count one or two times where it's gone wrong to the point where it's made me, you know, question everything, I think. Um yeah. but generally speaking, yeah. um you can always learn from the ones yeah. that you get it wrong with. Yeah, because when it does go wrong, it does feel catastrophic mm. at the time. But like as Mel or both of you actually had mentioned, there is so much that you can learn from mm. it because I think so many of us strive in perfection to get it one and done. You know, like we're yeah. setting up, we're going to know who this customer is, it's going to inform everything, we're moving forward. But even years into your business, certainly I have found you change your client changes. And like Mel, Absolutely. you were talking about those iterations. You, it is that constant movable piece where you almost need to stop yourself and go, right. So now like a year in, what does this look, you know, what is this so. totally. disturbing? It's, it's, it's something that you should be looking at every six months. And also mm-hmm. every time you launch a new product, yeah. you know, what is, what, who's the other client for this particular product or service? Yeah. Launching as well. It is, it is an ongoing piece of work. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that I have heard in teaching people is that many people struggle with the concept of ideal customer because they feel like they're plucking things out of thin air and they're making something up in essence. Mm. So I'm just making up a person that doesn't exist. Like, how is it going to work? you know, moving forward, like you're just making me do some kind of weird Mm. exercise that I can't really relate to. Mm. So do you have any tips um, that you could perhaps share to help people maybe relate to that process a little bit better and and see how it's worked for you? I'll start with you, Mel. Um, I think running a focus group, which I know you said can be intimidating at first, but it can, you can do that with family and friends to start off with. It doesn't need to be like the actual business owners or depending on who you're targeting. And they, even just talking to people at a very very kind of like informal level can really help at the beginning because they might know somebody who knows somebody who fits the brief. And then you could, then that opens that conversation. Um, further but yeah it is I mean they you know there's there's the rules of like you know geography and like attitude and lifestyle and you know mums and there's some general kind of assumptions you can make and then it's about getting those those kind of people in a room Mm. or on a zoom and then asking the questions and until you do that that foundational piece of work is you're never going to really know yeah it's really important I think to start that conversation early even when you feel maybe a little bit cautious or nervous about it what about you Faye? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that Mel just said. I mean, we we've named ours, so we've got three ideal clients that Love we've named, um, just because <laughs> it does make them a bit more relatable, really. Um, yeah, and nice. also, we are we do tend to find that our we only have you know 
a very few offerings as a service anyway it's not we don't have like a different product launching every month we have a, a set amount of services we might tweak them slightly but generally speaking they remain the same so our clients um generally tend to fit into one of the three personas yeah. that we've made just purely from experience really of knowing who we're dealing with and and also some from some you know personal experiences so for instance one of the consultants that works for us was a client of mine um and she loved the process so much that she trained and joined our team yeah. um so i know her inside out both personally and professionally um and i think we you know we do get quite close to a lot of our clients so we are able to kind of use their um their experience to build on our our personas that we've already got but yeah we we've got three lovely clients that we tend to work with yeah um, I was going to ask you actually if you had a different one for because I know you have started franchising the business mm, and mm. I was wondering how so is there a definite push through for people who maybe have used your services and found it useful mm -hmm. and then think oh actually I'd love to do that for other people yeah that's a really interesting point so we um when I was thinking about this podcast, actually, I was thinking, you know, we've got two strands for our business, really. So we've got the consulting business, the sleep business that we work, you know, our day to day sort of stuff. And then obviously we've just franchised at the end of last year. So we've that's a completely different um, client uh, persona that we need to build. But I think even from the process that we've been through so far, and we only launched six months ago, but um, from that process, we've already started to build that client. And it does come with experience because mm. you build on what you've learned from from the previous one so then you're like oh you know if we were to do this again what would we look for differently or what do we think we can offer that person differently what are they bringing to the table differently um so yeah that's a work in progress definitely but it's it's um it's tricky because i think that everybody is obviously different um but generally speaking yes you shouldn't make assumptions but generally speaking we have found that like, i can i can almost tell within the first minute of a call with a potential client which category they're going to fall into mm -hmm. and how I need to tailor my kind of response to that, those clients so for instance we you know we work a lot with doctors and kind of like professionals who have quite high powered stressful jobs mm. so I can tell within the first 30 seconds of that call normally if they're like rushing to speak to me during their lunch break and they're just like right I just need to get this sorted so what do we need to do to make it happen so I'm like mm -hmm. ah, okay you're you're in this box. Yeah. Um, and that's then I why it's another... so important to do the yeah, work yeah, exactly. for any business exactly and then another client you know will come on and they'll be in tears um instantly and they've got all this guilt that they're carrying and this why is this happening why 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 am i why can't i make this work why is why is this happening to me you know and just feeling all this guilt and i'm like ah right need to put my hat on for that client persona now to speak to you and then yeah. so yeah it's but it does come with experience and work i think you yes you can do a lot of the groundwork and you can have an idea but you are always going to have to tweak that depending on yeah. the caliber like during lockdown we noticed that we were working with a hell of a lot of nhs workers a lot of people had to go back to work from maternity early because they were being called back to work on the front line so we were suddenly you know completely overwhelmed by you know a lot of midwives and nurses and doctors and surgeons who we're like well we were supposed to have a year off work and you know six months down the line and we've got to be about to work and i'm going to be delivering babies tomorrow and i haven't slept for six months so you know and, and you're instantly like thrown into a completely different type of client that you've never yeah. had to work with before so yeah it's it's a uh an ever-evolving thing um, i guess is totally um another thing i get my clients to write do sometimes which they find really hard but is so worthwhile is to write a hundred sentences about oh, your interesting one. client is and then you could they you end when you when you've got your hundred which can be some people find it really hard 
Mm. And some people get find it harder at the beginning and then suddenly they're just like, I know it and it's yeah. done. And then you can put them into groups and you can almost use it as a questionnaire, like, yeah. you know, like multiple choice or like between naught to 10, how do you yeah. resonate with this statement? Yeah. Um, and it, it's really good. Yeah, that's a handy exercise. I've never done that one, Mel. I might do that one, not this afternoon, but maybe at some point. <laughs> sounds uh, It sounds very interesting. I, I'm going to talk before we launch into our next um, question. I'm just going to talk briefly on that kind of audience um, contact that we were just talking about within the focus group and how, you know, the social element of how we consume things now can also be really handy for that. Mm. So one of the things that, I have always done and now encourage like the team who work with me to do is to very much listen or look on social media at, at what people are talking about who are in our audience so very quiet observing we're not even engaging with them really in any way shape or form we're not doing it to promote our products and services but for instance when we put out we tend to do we batch let's say 12 episodes of the podcast at a time and where that all the episodes will have come from is going in certain groups that we know our client base are in and seeing what questions they are asking. And then we will right. say, there's so many of us that we've seen ideal clients, we've, even in our own groups. And mm -hmm. so I'll go, right. So the questions we've seen are this, here's 12 questions, what episodes that we can do. That person who's put that question in will never know what we, you know, That's that we've produced idea. it. But it helps us create content that is relevant then to market to people that we know will be our ideal customer and hopefully bring them towards the business. So even if you don't feel confident in going, right, I'm going to get in front of my customer, um, which I think is really, really good to do. Yeah. Even just lurking and observing in areas where they are can really help you build out that picture of you know, the things that matter to them and the things that they're constantly bumping up, bumping up against that can really help inform your messaging and also your products as you're building your business, um, building it out. And Facebook groups are a good place to go and lurk. Yes. yes. Yeah. I do a lot of Facebook group lurking and very much our client. I think we don't, interestingly, we don't market ourselves on Facebook. It's not a great platform for us as a business to be talking about what we do but our customers are there consuming content and they will be in those groups talking Everybody's on Facebook. about things. Yeah. So yeah. you can definitely, def and there's a Facebook group for everything. Yeah, there is. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely there everything. Is. The other, the other like tip that I've got is um, we use, when we're writing our blogs and things like that, we use, um, what's it called? Uh, Answer the public. Yes. That is yeah. a good thing. Yeah. And that is, that is brilliant because we started doing that after we worked with an SEO guy who was doing our website, which was, you know, a lot of that was way over my head, but we noticed <laughs> a huge difference in our traffic once he'd done his SEO mm. thing on our, on our website. But yeah, he introduced us to this and it's just been a game changer. Cause we're like, I just, you know, now we just make sure that we name our newsletter or anything that's going out customer facing is named with one of those, questions yeah, the because, way someone would have put it yeah because and it's just easy then because yeah. you're like you know rather than trying to think of something cool and you know yeah snappy Catchy. it's like we don't need to do that we we'll just write a question that they're all answering and up we've got <laughs> yeah exactly and we forget right because when you're in the business or you've been working in your business a while there are things that we all know about our businesses and words that we use mm -hmm. that, that people do not use you know mm -hmm. when I say <laughs> what I actually do in a physically you know from a job perspective is profitability strategy nobody in there nobody's <laughs> aunt is going to look for a profitability strategist it's like I know 
and I'm going to search on Google. I am so guilty of this. I'm so guilty of like of using jar- marketing jargon and that nobody understands what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> but you just forget, don't you? Because you think, oh, that's what I do. You latch onto a word or you use the word all the time, and you're like, hang on, like old uh, Bev over there. She is not looking for a profitability strategy. No. She's like really worried. She wants to earn money consistently. And and I personally, I mean, we're not going down this road. I have a real juggle with going I, I hate mentioning money in stuff but everything I do is about money about making more money but I never yeah. I never use those words because I'm like no we, we we call it something else like we'll we'll talk about consistency but we're not going to talk about the earning money part of it I'm like Kerry uh-huh. just use the blinking words will you <laughs> and I use that website as well it's very very it handy yeah. I do what I want to do and then I go and look what other people want and we change yeah. it yeah. <laughs> same <laughs> that's the best way to go <laughs> what difference do you think it's made in both of your businesses actually in nailing that ideal customer and getting that right for your business I know you've you've juggled around with this Mel so I'll go to you first um, yeah, I spent a long time assuming that I knew best and in, in, in touching on what you just said, basically, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and using using jargon that nobody understood and like almost not taking stuff back to basics and not spending enough time really listening to my customer and listening to what they were saying. Um, as soon as I did that, as soon as I started using the language that they used to describe their problem, um, that things changed like yeah. almost like that overnight. Um, because it started resonating it started being more relatable and it was like I got messed started getting messages and people coming into my direct messaging and on Instagram and Facebook and saying are you inside my head <laughs> do you know That's what where I mean? you want like, to be right? are you spying are you spying on me you said you've got me that really resonated with me that is me and then you're like yes that is, that is marketing gold yeah um, and that is all about just whenever you're on a discovery call or if you're a coach and you do discovery calls or if you're just on your in your direct messaging you know when people respond to emails all the language they use just literally copy and paste it and put it somewhere and yeah. create your content from that yeah that's a, that's a brilliant point what well, you obviously have mentioned Faye that you've did a big amount of work within the business mm. to try and nail this ideal customer what are some of the changes you saw in the business once you had kind of completed that and started rolling it out mm. with your with your customers uh, we got busier right yeah <laughs> um I think it was a tough lesson for us to learn at the time because I think when you're starting a business and I joined the business actually my um my business partner, Jenna, is the founder of the original business. And I joined after a year or 18 months of her running it by herself. So, um, and we've run it together for the last five years, four or five years. Um, but yeah, I think we, it was a tough lesson for us to learn that actually not everybody, you shouldn't work with everybody, you know, yes. even, exactly. and, uh, and people who are coming to you now, I, you know, when we're speak, speaking to our franchisees and training them up in how to, how to run their business, we, we say like, you almost need to talk people out of it. Yeah. Um, because then you're kind of sure that yes, they really do want to work with you because I think where we have been burnt those few, very few times, but when we have been burnt, it's because we're like, okay. Like, and we go against our guts, you know, yeah. going against that gut feeling of, oh, I don't think this is right. And I don't think I should work with you, but I'm going to because I don't know maybe you're having a short month that month or maybe you know you you want to help because they're really upset and you think I can help so I will but actually you're doing yourself and the client a disservice if you just say yes to everybody so I think by honing in on what we actually you know the types of clients that a we we know this will work for 
um, because we've worked with so many of them already and B, just being able to sort of own that really and say, yeah. I don't think this is a good fit and actually, you know, it's not going to work for you and, and signpost them to other places. I would never leave anybody high and dry, but I know other other sleep consultants who maybe work in a slightly different way from us who I'd say, well, actually you could probably speak to them and maybe they're a bit more your type. But yeah, I do think it's shown in the way that, you know, I came on board four or five years ago and we've grown to a team of four and now we're franchising. And it, I think it's in massive down to, you know, in massive part down to the fact that we are so clear on who our customers are and we don't tend to stray much outside of that really. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, it, and it works for us, yeah. I think. It's a really important point, though, because when you're starting out and you're not making any money, particularly mm -hmm. something comes along like anyone buy this service. That is that's where you, I don't care what you are. We've just got to get clients to the doors. We've just got to open it up. But in all those I see it in corporate or in working, you know, when you come from that place of I suppose it's lack, it's a little bit, you know, you just it's you need something. You attract a lot of stuff in that is not suitable, yeah. I think, sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it feels also almost counterproductive to yep. stick by your guns and say, no, I'm mm -hmm. waiting it out, sitting on my hands. This hard to do that, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard, tough mindset. Yeah, yeah it is, especially yeah. when you know you sometimes you're doing the work and you're thinking, I'm waiting for a person that I just made up. They don't. Yeah. They don't exist. <laughs> they do. Like this is what I told myself when I was sitting in my spare box bedroom at 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night. But you've got to stick <laughs> by your guns and kind of. But we to do you know it's funny because we find that a lot of our a lot of our work comes from word of mouth. So yeah. and it tends to be and again not not making the assumption that this is always the case, but tends to be the case that you know one client type, so one persona, will be friends with lots of other of that persona. So yeah. they so automatically when they say, oh, I, if you you worked with so and so and I, you know, they 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 said it was amazing. I would love to work with you. And I'm like, OK, right. Yeah. I can already tell that you're already sort of on their level. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we get a lot of uh, mums that have gone to the same antenatal group, you yeah. know, and and it's like I can tell already that you're kind of the same, you know. Yeah. So um, and we you know, we find that <laughs> it's we've got our own little marketing bots going around doing their thing and we're not really doing anything about it they're just kind of like spreading the word for us which is lovely yeah. um but we're on this uh oh there's a see there is a facebook group for everything there's a facebook group called medic mums or something like that yeah um which is like a nationwide group and one we worked with one doctor who was on there and oh my god like it's just we are just like the go-to people now on that we're on that Facebook group. we we can't even get in there you can <laughs> you can only get into the group if you are a medic and you know you have to answer all these questions to be able to get, i'm sure we could probably if we wanted to but, you know we don't want to um but yeah so many people from there and instantly when someone says oh, i saw your medic mums i'm like yeah you're client a and you're, this is going to work for you so yeah, yeah it's um well, that's really really interesting mm. And wonderful that word of mouth I, I, that actually resonates for me in in the catering business. We predominantly do mm -hmm. weddings, and we will get someone who's gone to a wedding will literally ring up the next day and say, "I'm getting married next year. I'm booking you for my catering." We know that there are people because they they're a friend of so and so. Yeah. They've seen what we can do, obviously, obviously out there. But they also are going to have a similar wedding, you can tell. Yes. And so yeah. you're like, we know that we can fulfill it. You're going to want the same type of food. You're going to want it just slightly different. So it's yeah. not exactly the same as Tracy's, but you know, a little bit more independent. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, and we see mm -hmm. it every single wedding. I think there's mm -hmm. hardly any event we go to where we don't get someone go back going, "I want that at mine." We're like, okay, off to go. 
I don't know why I built such an expensive website because no one goes to look at it, but, <laughs> but it's fantastic. If someone has been struggling with the concept of ideal customer or thinking about who they're selling to maybe, what would be one tip that you could give them, Mel, to move themselves forward? One tip or one action that they could try to try and, and nail that for themselves? Um, I guess it depends what business they were in, really. Um, but if you looked at my clients, so I work with women who are ex-corporate and they're just setting up in the online space and they're finding it a bit baffling, I would probably say to them to hang out in Facebook groups mm-hmm. and just and, and like we talked about earlier on, and just just go in every day, go in with purpose. Don't get go down a rabbit hole, which can be very easily done on yes. social media, and go in with purpose and do search for keywords that you help yeah. people with. Mm-hmm. Um, and just see what people are saying, see what people are asking and talking about and, and you know, reach out to people and yeah. add value. And then from there, maybe create a focus group and ask the question yeah. to find out how you can help these people and what they need and whether you're, you're offering a solution that people want and getting that validation. Yeah. Because that's really, it's really, really important to get that validation on your offer so that you've got confidence that what you're selling people want. Oh yeah, absolutely. I cannot tell you the amount of people who've brought, I've worked with, who've built out extensive programs and paid to record videos and done mm-hmm. all this stuff and then gone, it's not, it's not yeah. selling. I'm like, well, who told you they wanted it? Well, no one. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do that again, friends. We're not going to do that. We're going to. Yeah, with all the best will in the world. Um, yeah, it's really important. That, and it actually isn't that hard to do and it probably yeah. won't take that very long and it's, and it's, and it's free. Yeah. media so yeah absolutely and what about you Faye what what do you think someone could do if they were struggling with the whole concept of ideal customer and they wanted to really move past that yeah um don't be afraid to ask for help to do it um so we actually employed some specialist help when we first started to to get us off, off the ground with it mm-hmm. kind of I think to yeah to hone in insta was fairly new to us when we when I came on board both of us we you know it's only uh, the business has only ever been on Facebook and like you say it's very different on Facebook than it is mm. on Insta and Insta was growing it's you know that was about five years ago so it's already like I don't know what the stats are but it's tenfold what it was five years ago yeah. um and we were like I don't know what to do I didn't have a personal Instagram account so I was like I don't know what I'm doing like this is all brand new and so we did actually work with somebody who kind of helped us to get it off the ground and spent a lot of time with us she did like um I can't even remember what they're called but like storyboard type things and mm. you know boards about like what literally picturing them talking about them um and you know yes I appreciate it's it's, it's again it's uncomfortable isn't it when you start a business you're spending money on stuff that you feel like well this isn't I'm not seeing a client to, to yeah. get this money so I have to spend it but so worth it because again it's a skill that neither of us Jenna or I had um and not being not being afraid to kind of reach out mm-hmm. and and ask for support with with doing that because it will pay in the end. Yeah, and that's something you do for your clients, right, Mel? I think. Am I just yes. putting that on you? I definitely. <laughs> do that. It's. I mean, it's it's the foundational piece of work. The mm-hmm. ideal client thing. It's the first thing I do in my um in my twelve week program. Get yeah, visible and happy club. So you can't really move on and getting visible or doing anything on social media or online without having this done first. So yeah, Absolutely. If you're spinning your wheels with your business, yeah. I would say there's something amiss. It's usually <laughs> it's a really important strategic thing. Yeah. You need to do, right. Mm. Or whatever level I'm going, I go back and I'm like, so how, who, who are you selling to? 
and they'll tell me and I'm like and when did you figure that out who, or who did you ask and they're like oh we might need to look at that again you know we might yeah, have a little exactly look. it's such yeah. an important conversation I know something that a lot of people struggle with so I think many of our listeners will find some great value in the stories that you have shared today about your own business and also about moving forward with nailing that ideal customer kind of avatar so thank you so much for your time today both it's been fantastic and thank you to see you